0: Thank you.
1: And
2: I'm joined by Professor Wagstaff Venomous Vinny Hi Toddy Jason the
3: McRib McCullough Oh, the McRib McCullough Put Back in the
2: house My mic is now on <laughs> I wish two. it wasn't
1: <laughs> <laughs> So, hey, we're coming back at you With, I know we just did one recently But why not, we'll do another one This is another installment of Monster Piece theater where we pick a film that perhaps we a couple films that may not fit in other genres where we would cover it in its entirety these are films that have been mentioned as we've talked about directors subgenres etc so tonight we've chosen two movies we have chosen Peter Jackson's The Frighteners and Joe Dante's The Verbs. boom yeah boy yeah buddy so, <laughs> You like starting with Todd What do you want to start with? Uh, let's just go for The Burbs Okay Lay it on us So The Burbs
0: 1989 Writer Dana Olsen Directed by Joe Dante And starring Tom Hanks Rick I can never say his name sorry R.I.P. E. Ducano Ducano Bruce <laughs> Dillon Carrie Fisher Corey Feldman Henry Gibson Courtney Gaines R- uh, Robert Picard, Picardo 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 I'm sure it was star on a bunch of Star Trek. Man. I knew that was coming. <laughs> John Luke. I like, yeah. almost said Picante. Uh, Dick Miller. New York City. Kevin McCarthy. And uh, the biggest star of the whole movie is Darla, who played Queenie, who was also precious in Silence <laughs> oh, of the Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a good tidbit. Now, now uh,
4: Dick Miller. Sounds familiar. What else has he been in? <laughs> <laughs> Every t- Joe Dante movie. <laughs> How much time you got, buddy?
2: Ranchos.
1: <laughs>
4: okay.
1: man the burbs. Uh I've been watching this movie my whole life you know ever since it came out what year did it come out? 1989 89, 7 years old when it came out and it's just a fun one and it's a fun one that isn't all the way horror but it's horror enough it's Joe Dante I mean it's it's a Joe Dante movie. Can't, oh, uh, right. Am I right? Or am I right? Am I right? <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah, I mean it's just it's just got Joe Dante written all over it. And <laughs> and so well,
4: factually, yes, it is. <laughs> factually. Yeah. But <laughs> does
1: it feel like a Joe Dante well, film? To you enough? it's I mean, a feeling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To me it's emotion. Yeah. <laughs> See to <laughs> me it's canon. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I I I didn't throw this one out. Toddy you threw this one out, didn't you? Suggestion? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, it's like <laughs> the Wild West right now. I feel like <laughs> you're with the Freightoners. I chose the friters. Uh
2: Yeah, so general impressions of the Verbs. Love it. Yeah. yeah it's, it's one of the most rewatchable movies, I think, for our generation. Because it doesn't lean too heavily into anything. Yeah. It's just constantly entertaining. And they never... They never jump the shark. Like they, I think he keeps it just restrained enough that you can just wear this movie out. I don't even know how many times I've seen it at this point. It never gets old.
4: Yeah, y'all. It's the first time I've seen this movie. What? <laughs> I knew I was gonna blow everybody's wow. mind at the table. Did you know it existed? I knew it existed. Uh, my wife loves it, and she would probably be surprised to know i Have never
0: seen it. You she just my mind. Uh,
4: I have seen a couple of bits of it, and I mean a couple passing bits of it. Uh I think when I saw this would be on like Saturday afternoon TV, I always thought it was the money pit. <laughs> Which I also have never watched. Which is and also just, a great movie. Just, yeah, yeah, it is. I don't know what it is, didn't grab me, so uh never never watched it. This is the first time <laughs> I've ever seen the birds. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's
2: Awesome! Yeah, i oh, yeah, it for
4: yeah, this, I mean, for I would have sure. been like 11 years old when this came out. Yeah,
3: this like, is was, this when he drops the bomb. But like,
2: I for hated it. I it <laughs> and... didn't say <laughs> if you liked it or not. Vinny's a little bit like me. Okay, when we were supposed to be watching the Goonies and the Burbs, we were watching old black and white movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah
4: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'd never seen it. I liked it. It was good. It was. It was. It. It was everything I thought it would be. Like is what I expected from it. And I don't know why I avoided it, because what I expected from it wasn't something that I would have disliked. But, uh, so I, I, I mean, I went into this like a newborn baby. Like, I had no, That's nothing awesome. to go by for this movie, so it was all new to me.
2: Okay. Cool. Didn't know that. Wow. Just fucked y'all up. <laughs> wow. I don't know. Uh, well,
0: I saw, <laughs> I saw this originally in a dark place, in a place I like to go. Like an alley? Um, well, it was off of an alley. Todd flexing on y'all. That, he saw. <laughs> that was Todd not wanting to say that he's off the theater. He's sick of the bingo card. Yeah, he's uh, was "Do want to yeah. say the word?" Theater. To me, uh, I mean the the cast alone, and then uh, Joe Dante. Um, I have to say too, um, this is probably for me because Corey Feldman at the time was big shit. This is probably his last like really good movie that and and, and where they pushed Corey Feldman. Um, uh, and before he was, like, completely, completely gone. Um, yeah, like, uh, like, cast is good, the special effects are good. You don't quite know if he's just the, uh, weird-ass neighbor, or, or um, but yeah, I always like this movie, so, um, yeah. And I, it's, it's always one, too, that's, I feel like it's not overdone on TV, but it's, it's been played on regular TV enough. And uh, I find whenever it's on, I just leave it play. Yeah. Say is good. Say is a pal.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love this movie. I've seen this movie countless times myself. It's, uh, the way I describe it to people, it's a simple but great classic. Yeah. like There, It's underrated, surprisingly, the amount of people that I see that, that haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Or, have, or like many that I've seen a little bit, you know, just a little bit of it. But just great characters. Just a great, great movie. And it's goofy at times. It's... Hilarious at times. Yeah, I, I put on here in one of my notes was it might be a good HOE HOA training video for people. <laughs> <laughs> I yes, also like great movie.
4: when I get to see Carrie Fisher in something that isn't Star Wars. Yes, so that that is always because the Blues Brothers that's one another movie I adore that she and she's in it. So I like seeing running into movies I haven't seen before that she's in that aren't Star Wars films. Yeah. This is
1: fun, too, in that I have this in a two-pack with Dragnet, and you talk about two fun, underrated, quirky, Mm -hmm. uh, late 80s movies. It's a great pair. What
4: other detail is there about that two-pack you've got? (laughs) That it's bootleg. (laughs) 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 You told (laughs) me...
3: You didn't want Todd to flex it. He saw it in theater, but you're like, I got a two-pack.
0: <laughs> I got a t- uh, two-pack like I feel like a- when that came out, it was probably five bucks. Yeah. Well, too,
4: too steep for my man's over here. <laughs> I just, I just, <laughs> you know, I just know what the is
2: on five dollars? <laughs> I just had two different dad jokes I was ready to lay down, and I, I restrained myself. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never seen it since, like, on DVD. I
1: think I probably got it from blockbuster or netflix or something like that and copied it and yeah i i just have not seen that two-pack i maybe have seen the burbs by itself
4: has it got a proper blu-ray release
1: yes shout yes. factory did blues
2: for both of those oh
4: i saw that the okay. theater that uh okay. I, I think the money show that one had, one one. had a sign up there
0: showing that for one of their monthly they, movies they are right. showing yeah. that next month yeah. i saw uhf there oh which is just a weird it. coincidence yeah that yeah, they yeah. this that we and would, then,
1: yeah, yeah that they would then come through with it yeah who wants to lay down a basic synopsis? It's literally the most basic. <laughs> it's simple.
2: <laughs> Nosy neighbors. There you go. <laughs> That's, yep. it. That's uh, they've, it. They've got the, the particular house in the neighborhood that they're convinced is you know just the worst. Up to no good. Yeah. Bodies in the basement. It, it's all of the, the classic tropes that you would expect from it. Which is why it's you. This is a great movie, really, any time of the year. You could throw it on, it's in the heart of summer. Yep. Um, Halloween time. Is it the Labor Day weekend or Memorial Day weekend? Because they want to go to the lake. They got
1: an extended weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, he's
2: taking vacation because I think it's an extended weekend, right? But I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, there's literally nothing to the plot other than it's like a stage show in the sense of you get to know each neighbor. You got Bruce Dern. Playing the the patriotic hard ass over there with his beautiful younger wife. Love Corey booster. Feldman, the heavy metal kid, <laughs> and all his friends that are coming over and partying, which I noticed only in one of the recent viewings that one of those friends is the guy that fights the nerd and Days the Confused. He's got a mullet in this, a little bit younger. Um, so, what am I fucking pothead? Right. <laughs> but yeah. Um, That's the basic gist of it without going beat for beat.
1: Yeah, the house isn't in great shape. So, of course, they're like, oh, they're going to fix the house Weird new neighbors. Yeah, the grass isn't good. What's going on? They're going to take care of the yard. What's happening? We never see it. H-O-A. Oh. Right. Right. So, all right. Do we want to get to the end of the film? So, it's this whole thing where, like, Tom Hanks is taking time off and they don't want to go to the lake. He doesn't want to go to the lake. Carrie Fisher, his wife, wants to go to the lake because she knows that otherwise he'll just sit around and obsess to be a nosy neighbor. He's going to be rear-windowing it, right? He's just going to be sitting around, keeping an eye on everything. And she's like, please, let's go to the lake. We can go relax. He's like, oh, relax? You mean go sit in traffic jams for hours and then get there and do this, that, and the other? And it's like, you know, we... We all know how Tom Hanks feels, right? <laughs> there's, that's why this movie's so relatable. To me. I think it is. If there's why it is.
3: someone in the neighborhood that's exactly like this. Yeah, there's always a lady looking out the window. My wife's grandma would be one of them, <laughs> just wondering what everyone else is doing. My
4: wife would be one of them. <laughs> <clears throat> Your wife likes the nib shit? And you, can you believe it? <laughs> she got a Facebook pages she's part of just for that purpose. <laughs> is it like a
3: community, like a like the, in this cul de sac yeah. we run deep. Like, she refers the,
4: to it as the Delaware County nib shit sites, is <laughs> what she calls them. <laughs> so,
1: um, well, first off, we gotta talk about the character that is Courtney Gaines in this movie. <laughs> 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 I literally saw a guy. On a bicycle, as I was coming into Muncie today, and I was like, That's Courtney Gaines from the (laughs) Burbs. He's just got this red, splotchy beard and bad teeth.
4: That beard. (laughs) And it's 100% real. Oh, yeah. You have seen that beard on countless people at the gas station. (laughs) (laughs) Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Would anybody like
1: to say anything about this? <laughs> Tom, didn't you
0: pick this one? I did. I'm just listening to you guys. There's chatter.
3: so many quotable lines in this movie. Like, we hit, we, we hit a gas line, it's going to blow, and he's running out of, when Rick DeCum is running out of the house. <laughs> Another great, there's just so many good lines.
2: The, like
3: <laughs> We're the crazy. lunatics, not them! <laughs> yeah. Tom Hanks freaks out better than just about anybody. Well, so that's yeah, his the, like, great. so good.
1: The, Tom's... Late 80s, early 90s freakouts are something we need to bring back. Like <laughs> when he freaks out in Dragnet, when he freaks out in Money Pit, I like bo- all the like Ben Stiller it I anybody? This,
0: Ben Stiller's is like too much.
1: That's a good point. The Ben Stiller freakouts are very similar to early Tom Hanks freakouts. And it's also funny to me, when I was watching this, I was like, How old is Tom Hanks in this? He's only like 32 or 34. And I'm like, boy, I am older. Than Tom Hanks, is. Oh, all these sobering <laughs> moments, is when and actually It actually hit to me too
4: because I start. I was like, "This is this is like probably uh, prime early Tom Hanks." He had years before that where he was famous, uh, and I started thinking, "Wow, imagine imagine being as young as he was when he went out for bosom buddies and some of that other shit." And how Has together to Blue you, Ray, really? How together <laughs> you have your shit. To be able to do that, can you imagine the pressure at that age to be in the in the movies like that? Like now that I'm older, I'm impressed by that kind of thing.
3: Yeah, because I'm like I, I'm rough, just going to Walmart or Dollar General <laughs> yeah, and being like, yeah. I don't want to go. Right. But he started out doing the the comedy and he was great at it. Now yeah. he's a great dramatic actor, so he's just blessed. That we'll guy. have to
4: pick mazes and
2: monsters for one of the. Uh, <laughs> it smells like they're cooking a goddamn cat over there. <laughs>
3: When he tosses the gurney after that freak out in the ambulance, I lose it every
2: single time. I oh, yeah. his love freak out ambulance is my favorite part of the so movie. Funny. I like how he defeatedly just gets in and lays face down yes. the back. <laughs> Take me away.
1: <laughs> so then, so the the turning point of the story. I mean, it, the the engine that moves us along is that we want to find out about the neighbors. We want to find out about the neighbors, and then we get in and we meet the neighbors, and. Even though they're weird, they're not like
2: creepy killer weird, right? But, yeah, there's nothing just
1: criminal about them. They're, they're just, just Adams odd. family. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> it's just there. There's a reason they stay indoors. Yeah.
1: And uh, who's the who's the older guy? That's the doctor. Oh, of the gosh, family, it's not Hans. In, is a, he was the, in the other guy
4: everything too? He was yeah, in the was Blues Brothers, Mike, as an
1: Illinois notching or whatever. Mm. Isn't he the main... He's like the Marshall Applewhite character. He's the guy in Biodome. Biodome, yeah, exactly. He's like the Marshall Applewhite character. He's Marshall Applewhite. That's a great comparison. Yeah, yeah. he's like the Marshall Applewhite character in Biodome. But yeah, he he pops up in so many different stuff. And um, yeah, he's great. He's great. And so they find out that those guys are leaving town for the day, and they're going to sneak into the house to prove... That they've been doing something. That they're up to something. They've been killing somebody. Maybe they killed the previous owners, etc., etc. And uh, they get inside and they really can't find anything.
2: Right? Correct. All right.
0: Take take it
2: away. Which is, you know, the usual. The nosy neighbors. uh, And that's the thing with this that I think elevates the comedy through most of it. Is we don't show the hand way too early on the neighbors if that's validated so you really might have his buddy art just getting him into the dumbest mm-hmm. shit possible as you go along yeah which
3: is something that that rick to is great at those kind of characters he's amazing at.
2: yes yeah. he really is in this i think he's kind of the the, the engine for the movie that keeps it moving uh because he almost in a way plays the straight man but also is also the reason that things keep getting more and more out of hand from his influence <laughs>
3: When he's in the basement, showing them that, look at this—the succubus, the incubus—I yeah. love that every time. He is—he is the guy that leads Tom Hanks' character into into trouble.
0: He is one of my favorite characters in scary movie, as her dad. Yeah, he—he's—he's he's the funnier element of the movie. Early I, feel, on, I feel like when this came to Hank um, HBO, from. had like their stand-up weekly show because he had like a couple specials on there, and he was always really funny really yeah he's he's doing more of the
2: pratfalls and and the stuff's happening to him early on with like going up over the fence and the shovel going over and and so i i think that's an interesting shift that i never really paid attention to until this viewing that it's like oh tom hanks really kind of takes over later in the movie yeah i mean everybody's great in it but uh early on it, it's it's art
1: yeah he carries the early part of the film
2: yeah, yeah.
1: other when he like pops up what are you doing eating breakfast he goes <laughs> in and he's just eating the yeah. shit out <laughs> just, of just destroying food. it like when I have Vinny over for dinner, just eating everything <laughs> I've got in the house.
3: They, those two have the relationship that um, they have in What About Bob? Hmm. Like the same where he just dry, he just pokes and pokes and pokes at the doc until the doc just loses his mind. <laughs> That's the, what I compare it to, and I love both those movies.
4: Yeah. Uh, Henry Gibson is the actor who plays the doctor, the neighbor that is a doctor. And uh, he also uh, played Nilva a Ferengi on an episode of Star Trek you gotta be kidding me that guy was in Star Trek thank
1: you you. is this a a
3: time you wanna plug your Instagram Star Star Trek Instagram
2: (laughs) is this the movie too where Dick Miller freaked out on Corey Feldman in an outtake
1: oh I don't don't know. know I've never heard that
2: like not like serious. So Dick bad. Miller's the
1: garbage man. Yeah, yeah. and the other guys are over from, from Star Trek. Ranger. Yeah, and he's arguing with him. He's like, no, they're ha- they have the constitutional right to go through this garbage. You can't let them go <laughs> through the garbage. What are you doing? Because they're trying to find bodies.
4: Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Trying to find well, what are they sneaking around, bringing out to the garbage <coughs> at night?
1: Yeah.
2: Never seen anybody pull drive their trash down to the end, stab it like that. No headlights. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I like this movie. Do you yeah. guys like it? <laughs> Todd, you want to say anything? You barely spoke. I,
0: I spoke while you were letting the dog out.
1: Oh, who let the dogs out? Who? <laughs> oh,
0: no, I, like I I well man. I always thought this was fun. I almost kind of, uh, when you first watch it, I, you almost kind of doubt that maybe, maybe, especially when I they blow up the house, you're like, well, I'm in trouble now. <laughs> So, they definitely keep steering you different
4: directions. Who wants to hit us with the ending?
3: Well, I wanted to go back to, like, there's a, there's not not no evidence that they're crazy. Like, they find the wig or the toupee. True. And it's in, their, in his mail, and it's in their house. So Right, so that neighbor goes
1: missing, and they're convinced that he killed that neighbor. But as the house explodes, what do we see? <laughs> that neighbor comes home. He does come home. He's been fine. Yeah. Well, he's not been fine. He's been in the hospital. But, yeah, so they're like... It adds even furthermore to Tom Hanks' psychosis. He's like, "We are crazy. Look, there's him. Oh my God, we are crazier than I thought."
2: It is a great moment. That's where it really just kind of starts to come unraveled. It's been yeah. a slow build up you've had through the whole movie, right?
1: Because he, you
2: know, we think, "Oh yeah, all right." So, all right, maybe, maybe. Oh
1: my God. Oh yeah, maybe they are nuts. Maybe they're the ones who are the yeah. Problem. They
2: keep getting
4: themselves in. Deeper and deeper with their spouses, (laughs) legally, like just everything. They just keep getting themselves deeper and deeper. So the finale.
1: (laughs) Would anyone like to talk about this film?
0: (laughs) Todd would. Are we on the finale? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, the house blew up. Alright. And then the cops come and they find
1: actual bodies. But what's the setup to that? So Tom Hanks laying in the ambulance.
2: Mm -hmm. Defeated. Defeated. Just done. They were wrong about everything. Take me away. They've destroyed this house. Poor, poor people. And then our doctor gets in the back with him. Yeah. Come to find out, they are bad. (laughs)
1: Turns out, it was was Ludo.
2: Which I think is a really fun element to it, especially for younger viewers. Because you got all this buildup about the spooky neighbor, and then of course they weren't. It was all mis. But it's like, no, actually they were. They're actually the boogeyman. It's people. all just the nosy white people in the neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's a fun twist and uh, something that kind of elevated it for younger viewers and our generation. And why they liked it so much. It's like, no, it actually is real for sure. Out of that fun twist back, and that's there.
1: it. Once you get that final twist, you only get like five minutes, right? Like, there's, it's not. They don't belabor that point at all. They are like. They convince you that you've been on this trip of psychosis with them, and they're like, psych. They were were (laughs) bad guys. Yeah, yeah.
2: And and Joe Dante's such a a student of film that, like, it's pulling so much from old plays where you would just have a neighborhood Mm -hmm. that would bookend with a character. Yeah. So you've got Corey Feldman. It's an easy set. Love this street.
0: Love this street. I always think of that. Which I, 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 the whole movie is just in the. It's on the backlog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is also. um, Wisteria Lane, if you watch Desperate Housewives. It's, it's all it. filmed
3: on the Universal Backlot. Nice. Yeah.
1: Crazy. And I love that you get Courtney Gaines trying to run away in like his later and Oh, no. <laughs> Bruce
0: Dern. No, oh,
2: no. I love Bruce Stern. Yeah. Yeah, he blasts him. I love that <laughs> That's scene. He's like,
0: Outlander. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's another uh, episode coming our up. Big, our, our big old Courtney Gaines day. Yeah. If
3: you listen close enough, and I didn't know this and I had to go back. They're, so it's filmed on the Universal backlot by the Jaws portion so you can hear Help Me, Help Me as part of the audio which just added to the creepiness of the movie so that's <laughs> really? why they left it in <laughs> yeah. nice. nice
2: good times, what a fun movie what
1: a fun film alright,
2: anything it, else?
3: they filmed this in sequence, Is one of the rare movies they've ever filmed in sequence because there was a writer's strike, so they had to go in sequence so they could fix things along the way
1: interesting hmm it was also interesting that I watched this within a relatively short period of time of when I watched the movie Neighbors for the first time. Uh, not, the, uh, not the Seth Rogen. Not Rogen the Seth Rogen James Franco classic, which I love. <laughs> but the, this, this weird old Belushi film and... with Belushi and. Uh, um, Aykroyd. Yeah, Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> they ever do anything else together? <laughs> I don't think so. They hated each other. <laughs> Whereas. They flip the script, and Ackroyd is the crazy, wild one, and Belushi is the subdued house husband. And it's it's a similar thing. They they live in this on this dead end, and they're worried about what's happening at the house, etc. And so it was it was interesting to pair those two together. The
3: Did you guys read anything about the alternate endings for this? No. So there's one they at first it was gonna be like crazy dark, like so the the trunk pops open and there's a bunch of dead cheerleaders in there. Oh. <laughs> or another cut was uh, the garbage men from earlier were in there and just all chopped up and crazy gory, but they decided they went away from it. They didn't want to keep it that gory, so I thought that was just interesting.
4: Bones. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that was probably they probably made the right call. Probably I think there's a certain yeah. ele- PG element that kinda gives a lot of charm to this movie.
3: And it holds up, like it's not you, it's not it's not dated.
2: Yeah, yeah mean, it's, it's like aged psychology. much better than a yeah.
0: lot of its peers. And it did it did 50 million worldwide, so it was enough of a, a hit. Which, when you say that now, people are like, well, that's not Marvel money, but this probably did not cost uh, a whole lot to make, especially since it's uh, filmed on a back lot. Yes. All right. Good times. <laughs> Good times. Good times. What's the next movie? And the next movie is The Frighteners. 1996, directed by Peter Jackson, produced by Robert Zemeckis, starring Michael J. Fox, Trini Alvardo Peter Dobson, John Aston, Jeffrey Combs, D. Wallace, A. K. Stone, Jake Busey, Chi McBride, Arlie Emery, Ermi, Emery, whatever. RIP.
3: Just covering my erection because Jeffrey Combs is in this
0: movie. Uh, also known for multiple roles in Star
4: Trek: Deep Space Movie <laughs> as well as Star Trek: Enterprise. Ernie was no. Oh, <laughs> oh, Combs. Shifting gears, baby. <laughs> Dee Wallace was in Star Trek. But you have let me what movie is this? <laughs> Isn't that what we
3: doing? did? Did yeah. we do introductions? She just Kujo. she teamed up with ET and flew into space, That's <laughs> <her>.
1: <laughs> and they took that evil dog with them.
0: <laughs> Go ahead Todd I mean that's everybody in the movie
3: Do you like <laughs> it? Okay so
0: let's talk about Jason's direction. Like I will say Because uh, I, I, I was like you know um, The Frighteners I do kind of feel like Is under the radar But it, this one was um, Is this like his third movie? It's definitely before Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. But after like Beat the Feebles And Dead you, Live and, and Bad Taste So this is fourth yeah, Heavenly Creatures. Yeah, Heavenly. Cre- I, I felt like it got more uh, out of Heavenly Creatures than Frighteners, which is weird. But this one was budgeted at thirty million and made twenty nine million worldwide, Whew. which is really strange because I didn't feel like this is ever talked about as being like a flop or a disappointment because everybody loves the movie. It's got Michael J. Fox in it, and I will say uh, the only thing I could say is both movies, The Burbs and The Frighteners, both could kind of fit in as a. Especially this one is like a Tales from the Crypt movie. Yeah, I could see that. Especially with Robert Zemeckis producing this one. Yeah. Man, I love this movie.
1: I do. Uh, I, I don't know. I can't remember if I saw it in the theater or, or, or if we rented it very early on. But something about it spoke to Big O and he wanted to rent it. <laughs> and. <laughs> I just, I've always loved this movie. I think there's something quirky about it. There's something fun. It's got a lot of heart. It's sincere. The acting's great. The script's great. Um, The special effects were great. That's the only (laughs) knock we it now. The effects haven't held up fantastic. The only
0: CGI, though, is the goat. Like, they could have did the whole thing CGI. But the CGI is usually just like when the ghost is moving through the walls and stuff. Yeah. It, It could be worse. It definitely could be worse.
1: It could be worse. Could yes. always
0: be worse. Yes.
4: Um,
2: so oh, yeah. sorry, I had to get a drink.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, this one, this one was a big deal when it came out for me. I've always enjoyed it. Um, I was a massive Michael J. Fox fan. So, so. when I was younger, uh, Teen Wolf and Back to the Future specifically. Um, I remember going to see this in the theater. I remember getting it off pay per view and taping it. Like this movie was a big deal. Um, and I, I agree with what everybody's saying. It's this is. This is as underrated as it gets. Oh, like, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's some kind of just mystery on why this isn't a bigger deal. Does it, it ever have a Blu-ray release? Yes, but this is never at the top of people's lists. Um, even when they talk about the 90s, a pretty starved decade for good horror. That's true. Um, And even this gets glossed over in that conversation. And I don't think it's intentional. And I don't think there's a reason for it other than it's just truly underrated. I think that the reason that it's not more
4: popular is because I think it was probably difficult to market this to the right audience because it is so many different things. And they all the things
2: are done well, right? But it but, doesn't lean but into the are way to are the
4: you uh, yeah? Are you a quirky comedy? But there's also some shit that's straight up horror and horror. It's imagery. also very
2: heavy at times, and
4: yeah, and so I yeah yeah. So I think that it, while it does all of those things well, I think that's hard to sell to a general audience. I think you start to get. It's hard. I would think it would just be hard. Have You ever watched the trailer? You know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. If you watch it the doesn't trailer identify more, as anything. No. Yeah, straightforward.
2: I agree. It's 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 there. It's very tough to market. Um, yes. Because it, it really covers a lot of different ground in its yes. approach. But it does it well. And as we'll get into, in particular, the one thing I want to make sure, if nothing else, that listeners leave this episode with is the stressing the importance of two genre performers in this and how wonderful they are in it. But we'll get into that. I don't know when the first time I saw it was. Uh,
4: What year did it come out? 96. 96. So I was a senior in high school when it came out. Um, Damn. Do we have that Kevin Hart, Don Cheadle moment? (laughs) 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 Uh, So I'm sure I saw it then because like Professor said, I was a big Michael J. Fox fan as a kid. And uh, I remember it was the first movie that I watched when I got streaming Netflix. That was the first movie. Oh I wow, watched. it
3: was on there. You you didn't trust him to mail it to you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh,
4: so yeah. Anyway, uh, I don't re- I don't revisit it enough. Honestly, after Same. I watched it again, and that's the only knock I'll give it is some of the CGI just hasn't held up over the years to what we are accustomed to now. But that is really the only criticism I can give it. I, th- I give it. I think in everything else it
0: just does perfectly i I think it it probably more falls so because because i mean uh, again it didn't it didn't exactly lose money but uh i think it's like one of those movies that's not played on tv enough um i feel like lately the last couple years maybe i've seen a little bit uh more on like amc um but i kind of feel like the same movies kind of keep getting picked out so um I will say when it came on video, it had a really cool VHS box because it had the 3D cover. Oh, was uh, it like was yeah, it lenticular? I yeah. Yeah. like like, use the word. Yeah, nerd. Yeah, nerd. The word. Lenticular. Nerd. Lenticular. I'm not trying to arouse you. Okay? <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah. Uh, now that would yeah. be a Vinny Bingo card. House, right? <laughs> <laughs> he, loves the, he loves
0: to use lenticular. Yeah. But yeah, good
1: times. That's
3: how I saw it. I had knew nothing of it, saw it at the video store. I was like, well, that's a cool cover. Got to check it out and uh, loved it I think I was 10 maybe 11 and it was just goofy enough that I it wasn't you know what like you said it wasn't horror it wasn't it wasn't a comedy per se but it, it's I really like this movie
0: I think this is the the perfect Peter Jackson movie because it's it's such a good mix and I kind of like I, I mean it kind of went a little bit heavier on King Kong and, and Lord of the Rings I'd kind of like to see him do another movie like this something a little more restrained uh, CGI and just spe- I guess it,
4: there was still a lot of special effects in this, honestly. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but it, to me, it doesn't feel like a, a special effects extravaganza when you watch it. Yeah.
3: Because the judge is, I mean, he's actually made up when they, if, if I remember right. He's it's made up, special but special I mean, effects. there's,
4: yeah, after yeah. effects put on him, but, yeah. which is, John Aston's absolutely great. In that. I remember being shocked even then. I was like, John Aston, Oh shit, he's still around. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and then now you're like, John Aston, he's still around. Nice.
3: I don't revisit it enough, but when I did f- to watch for this, I was like, "That's the black guy from Gone in sixty seconds." Oh <laughs> yeah, I was, I was totally <laughs> forgot that.
1: Perfect. So, just a basic setup. We've got um, Jake Busey. Jake Busey. <laughs> he was. He, boy, this was. He was so scary back then. But whether. It was oh yeah. In, in this or in the Arrival. Um, they, in
3: those pictures that they show, he's never looked more like his crazy father. Oh, yeah. It's oh, yeah. a great comparison. You yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Beauty.
0: laughs> yeah. I even liked him in uh, The Hitcher 2. Say The Hitcher Part 2? Mm-hmm. Never saw it. Yeah,
1: of a, lot of, a lot of crickets on that one. I've never <laughs> yeah, seen it yeah, yeah. either. <laughs> no one's like, yeah, he does yeah, look, yeah, look yeah, like him. I almost <laughs> high-fived Todd. I was like, no, i There's, a, there's like enough that. of those for <laughs> a franchise. I'm sure if you include on. the crappy remake, I just oh, watched boy. the first one for the first time, and <laughs> really, <laughs> I stood up and clapped at the end because <laughs> I loved that. Movie. Were you by yourself? Uh, no, Carrie. <laughs> Carrie, shows, I mean, Carrie likes it. <laughs> um, so, basic setup. You've got this. Um, it is. It's not a basic setup. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was going to say. Well, go ahead. Uh, compl- <laughs> uh, complex setup. Um, You've got a lady who's a social worker visiting a girl who has problems with her mother, who is her caretaker. So the girl that she's visiting is Dee Wallace.
4: Who's Um, a grown ass woman? Who's a grown grown ass woman? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I bet her grown. But she's also not allowed to leave the house. Not allowed to leave the house. You don't know who my daughter is. She's dangerous. She's not. Patricia is not to be trusted. (laughs) That's right. And then that's when we first get the reveal of the ghost coming through the wallpaper. Um,. And then this lady goes home, and then now her home is, or no, previously Michael J. Fox runs over the guy's fence. And his known. And is known, yes. It's an important part.
2: This reminds me of when I covered the Beyond. Oh, man.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's going to be like that. Uh, so, uh, and who,
2: who expected a young guy to run out
3: there and be like, my goddamn fence? Like, you thought for sure it'd be like a 70-year-old man.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> So she comes home. She's talking about how she feels bad for this girl, and her husband's like she's psycho. And then all of a sudden, ghost stuff starts happening in their house. And guess who they have to call? Michael J. Fox, ghost A.K.A. Frank Banister, uh, who comes to rid their house of the spirits. And he's he's a kook, right? He's got he's got two ghost buddies that work for him. And so they come in and shake things up, and then he comes in with a squirt gun radio
4: thing
1: <laughs> <laughs> and captures it's a great the ghost. Yeah, it's so good. He's so quirky. And they and what Peter Jackson does well is he starts to blend in these sorts of things from popular ghost hunting at the time or like popular kooks that you would see. So, like, you get some shades of Ed and Lorraine Warren. And I'm not saying they're kooks, I love them. But no, they're still, kooks. It's still fine. kooky. Yeah, exactly. I'll say it. I'm going right here. Yeah. And then um, we also blend in the story of Charles Starkweather that gets brought up. Dee Wallace
2: this. is definitely like Carol.
1: Yep. Fugate. yep Carol Fugate. And, um, yeah, there's your non-basic setup in that Michael J. Fox is a widower who is running a kooky, fake, like, ghost hunting business because he can see ghosts and he, they scams people. But you've also got this social worker and then you've got... D. Wallace
2: character, and I, I think too an interesting element uh, that kind of makes this movie a little bit different and special is that we add weight to all of our characters with baggage. They all, for the most part, have some kind of trauma or or tough things that are you know are kind of part of their characters' background. I mean, even our main character in Michael J. Fox um, lost his wife he's got like the the half finished home that he's living in. Um, obviously D Wallace is just living like a you know a shell of a human being um, and so you kind of have things at stake that potentially with with the the vehicle of, of ghost stories and dealing with that that can be uh, kind of fleshed out for their benefit potentially. so there's kind of an investment for the viewer uh, in wondering if we can improve some of these plights, which I think, Really helped because we also get very absurd and goofy with some of the ghosts and characters and the fun that we have so it's 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 really a, a well balanced piece of entertainment in that yeah. sense but that's something I want to point out with the characters is there's there's some trauma and baggage that goes with them which I think a lot of movies wouldn't have done yep I agree
0: I like that the the uh, especially like the the set up hauntings I don't know why but it reminds me of the old uh, Walt Disney uh, is it a haunting? We will go where uh, Mickey, Donald, and Goofy are kind of like Ghostbusters, and, and oh, the, ghosts, the ghosts the ghosts are bored, and and so yeah. they call Mickey them, Mouse uh, was not in Star
2: Trek. That's <laughs> uh, <I> bet <laughs> he was. Well, doesn't. Don't, know. don't test him.
0: Don't test him. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but it kind of reminds me a little bit of that, like where because uh, it's weird. I, I feel like there is a lot of heavy elements, but then the ghosts are like kind of like the lightheartedness of the movie. They're almost like cartoon characters. They are the yeah. silly ones. Yeah.
1: yeah.
3: Whenever they do her, <laughs> they go and mess up that the lady's house, the social worker's house, and uh, he comes in and, and everything's just torn to crap, and they're not there. <laughs> I love when he finally talks to him. He said, "You know how embarrassing it is to go in a house that has nothing going on; it's just a mess."
0: <laughs> but then uh, you got like the the nerdy ghost though that like gets car sick and and I don't know. It's, there, there's like a fun element with that, and then uh, and then you have like all this like uh complexity and then. You have the stuff with the 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 daughter that's that's kind of up in the house, and then to add to the mix, Jeffrey Combs sh- shows up as some yeah. weird. Uh, we didn't even mention him yet. Good point. Weird. Uh, I don't even was it like, did he just kind of crack because he was doing all this undercover? Satanic. I think that's
3: just
2: his character. I think he's just he's great. just a total
0: weirdo. Well, yeah. yeah, he did work with
2: uh, undercover work with cults, which yeah, kind how of many, drove uh, him uh, into Star
0: Trek with Jeffrey Combs on. Oh, that, that's
2: uncountable. <laughs> he is so in this movie. Oh yeah. He's yeah. so
3: good. Beard. When he tears off his shirt and <laughs> reveals that he's wearing a lead vest so that death can't get him. I lose it every
2: time. I love that.
1: My body is
2: a road map to pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this to me it's this and reanimator for him. Like yeah. it just yep. he was born to play this role. And the there other one was so I
4: was referencing... much going on in his facial expressions. Oh yeah. Like the performance just in facial expressions from this guy is amazing. Cuz I saw this a
1: decade plus before I saw Reanimator and I was like who is this fucking weirdo
0: he's so good I love too that uh, he had one of his big not that he doesn't have a lot of big quirks to him but one is that he cannot handle like a woman screaming at him <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and then I, I don't think we mentioned yet either that there he has seen a couple people with numbers on their head on their forehead yeah he, so, and
1: he he
3: spouts out a lot of like actual facts, uh, like the Nina Colgina thing. That was a real Russian person who was scamming people with, with fake... She could bend spoons and move stuff with her hands. Right. So I, I thought that was pretty good that they stayed true to that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there is this grounding in reality that also is another layer to the film. Um, so then we find out that the D Wallace character... Was on a killing spree with her boyfriend, the Jake Busey character, and this hospital that they worked was in it thirty years before. Yeah. yeah, and when they would kill people, they would carve numbers into their heads with a box cutter or a razor blade. Take your. He wanted. He
3: wanted to kill more than Starkweather.
1: Yeah, right. And yeah. so that's what's funny. When we did our Starkweather episode, I was like. That's where I know the name Starkweather from. The Frighteners. <laughs> and so it is a it's a weird supernatural spin-off of the, the Starkweather-Fugit murders. And um, and so you find out that's why she's been on house arrest all this time. And now you Cause, find cause out... Because they
4: ruled that she was an accessory after the fact. Yes. Because she, she was, was too young. She wasn't an active participant, but her mother has said she knows the truth. Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: again, much like Caroline Fugit. You know, Fugit was not deemed to be a murderer, even though she may have taken place in one or take taken part of one or two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so they they play that pretty well. And so that's when you get the reveal that the the, the death cloaked character is actually Jake Busey's ghost from the grave the killing Johnny Bartlett. Johnny Bartlett. Johnny yeah. Bartlett. Which again, as we said in the Starkweather episode, Bartlett was the name of Carolyn Fugit's stepdad and mother. That was their last name at this point. Mm -hmm. So they tied in another layer to that.
3: Well, we forgot to mention, too, that Michael J. Fox's character is going to all these places and people are starting to think that he's the one murdering these people because everywhere he goes, he sees the numbers and death comes and takes them. And so they think he's the one murdering
1: them. And when his wife dies in the car accident, she's got a number carved in her head. So then you wonder, did she die in the accident or did Johnny Bartlett kill her? And take her as a victim.
3: She was number 13. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> you keep pointing
1: at me. No, I'm no, just, no. Yeah. I'm just like,
2: I'm just getting lost back in this the It's like 25 years later where we all put it together. <laughs> like, oh, my God. my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, in,
1: in, again, like, this is the complexity of this entertaining, silly, quirky film
4: has
3: I mean? some of the best museum corpse ghost sex you'll ever see in a movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: That scene where the judge just
3: I love it when they just
1: lay there. <laughs>
4: yeah. You see his ass bailing in house. he's <laughs> fucking a mummy.
1: Benny, I know that you, you've worked on this voice. Can you have something to
4: I haven't, but what was he says? Uh, you gotta, uh, you uh, he, just, he says, Not good teeth. <laughs> <laughs> goes staggering stagger because you see the x-ray and he staggers toward it. Oh my god, that falls out there's the judge's ghost ass pumping in and out of the sarcophagus.
0: <laughs> which that and the 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 line that follows would definitely fly with today's audience. Oh yeah, oh yeah.
4: I love it when they just play there.
0: Yeah, the the casting for the ghosts
2: were so much fun. Arlie Ermey back kind of reprising that drill sergeant. Yeah, uh, bringing Arlie. back the
1: character from
2: uh Full Metal Jacket. Oh it's as, so a, much as fun. a deceased
4: drill sergeant guarding the cemetery.
2: Yeah.
3: With shades of Green Lantern, as he can just manifest whatever weapons he wants.
2: (laughs) But yeah, I I think was that that too was that too nerdy? I think that (laughs) uh, Jeffrey Combs is just he is the perfect offsetting force to D Wallace's somber role that she's got in this, and I think those two are what make this movie special. Well, because D Wallace. I think she is playing this
4: role hundred percent. She's so
2: good, huh? so straight, so and the way good. you
4: would you would act it out in a drama. Whereas Jeffrey Combs, he's given a hell of a performance, but he's also giving you a character performance. And so I think you're right. I think that does add up because their their intensity, both of them, are there, right. But it's different tones and in the intensity that mm-hmm. they're pulling off that helps balance out the movie. Yeah,
3: it is, it has goofiness. Like, even when he drives a yeah. car, he has to inflate a donut to put on under. Because the
4: hemorrhoids. <laughs> yeah. so or funny. when he thinks he's moving the car with his mind and it's Michael J. Fox having an out-of-body. I'm, I'm doing it. No, no, no.
1: So good. Yeah, and then they, they put Michael J. Fox under... And he goes to he goes up like to his body, which yeah, is yeah, crazy, right? And he goes up and he sees his wife, and it's this other heavy moment. But then his ghost buddies are there, who have been, <laughs> been killed by like Jake Busey's character can kill ghosts as well. A ghost can kill ghosts. Yeah, Then he gets there, he sees his buddies, and he's like, "Oh my god, is this it? Am I dead?" And they're like, "Ah, no, yeah. <laughs> not time <laughs> for you yet. Not time for you yet." Yeah. And then by the end, when you get to the point where D. Wallace and Jake Busey's characters get killed, it's like they think they're going to heaven and then they get drugged to hell. Yeah. Which is not great CGI, but still a fun... It's uh, effective. Yeah.
3: The, the horrible CGI and that head explosion <laughs> is really rough. <laughs> we forgot to say that she had the ashes in her house. Johnny she, Bartlett's ashes. Yeah, Johnny yeah. Bartlett's ashes and then had to take him to a church, which leads to a confusing chase scene inside of inside a, the hospital
4: because they we're trying to get to the chapel in the hospital. Yeah,
3: yeah like is there not a, a we, we drove by a church in that horrible bug. <laughs> I don't understand why we're not going there but hey,
1: <laughs> we got to go to the holy ground <laughs> in the place where the murders took place. Okay. All right. Oh boy. Yeah. And then the uh, bad guys are defeated and the good guy gets the girl. Gets the girl.
3: And he, and One of the biggest reveals is he gets his knife back, which is
1: amazing. (laughs) Yeah, his utility knife
4: that came up missing. Which is why every
3: middle-aged man puts his initials on every tool he owns. (laughs) Just in case.
1: And that's why every middle-aged man watches this film and goes, finally, (laughs) payoff. Yeah. And we find that his new
0: girlfriend, the social worker, Doctor, wasn't
4: she? Well, she she was a doctor.
0: Doctor, sure. Take your pick. I felt like you're underselling her, her stat. You're like, eh, you know, women can't be doctors. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Hot Toddy has decided to join the conversation.
0: <laughs> he chimed in on the ghost sex. I'm just listening to uh,
1: the pandering. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I'm I, sorry, the doctor. Because she's lived through a traumatic experience, can now see ghosts as well. Thank you for putting respect on her name. Because <laughs> she sees the ghost of Jeffrey Combs in the back of the I want to ask
3: everybody at this table, if you had to be Michael J. Fox's character, and they had to kill you so your ghost, so or try to kill you so your ghost could get out, what way would you have it done? Because I freezing is one of the worst ways to die.
0: Uh, I don't know. I think putting a bullet through your brain was what would have been a bad choice. You may not be able to come back from that one. <laughs> right. Well, I don't know. Why don't you hit me with the car exhaust?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, there a, you go. That peaceful. Yeah, well. Fall asleep. Yeah, that's better than drinking an antifreeze.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes, it <laughs> is. Your nuts being ripped off in a turbine. That's the way I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here to
3: kink shame. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to yuck your yum. <laughs> what if it just gets caught in the turbine and doesn't cut anything? Yeah, it just but... shuts it down.
0: I did want to say, because you brought up the uh, the midlife thing, and I'm like, I was probably, what you say, this was high school? I was a senior. And so we were teens when I first watched this, and now I am middle-aged. And it, that knife scene did make me, it sh- I shed a tear when I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> the man got his tool back. I only say that
3: because my dad puts that on everything. He has a label maker and labels everything. <laughs> the smallest tool, giant label on it, that says Jim.
2: Love it. <laughs> Love it. But yeah, I just want to point out before we, we finish up that just the, the psychosis of Dee Wallace and her character building as, as she desperately wants to be reunited with this scumbag um, and you kind of watch her slowly becoming more and more unhinged. As the oh movie yeah. yeah, oh yeah, she and gives so a hell. I feel like yeah. we've kind of hit everything else except that. Like she it, was so damn a good of great, this.
3: crazy
0: lady. Well, not, I feel like the, the they end made her look really young really well too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but you know, before the, the end, end but that that last scene where it just kind of like goes back into the, the them kill on the killing spree. Mm-hmm. It is a totally different pace of the movie you've been yeah. watching. Yeah.
1: Because what he's up to like forty victims Jesus now or that, something, he says they, when they he finally
0: she's kind of been the innocent bystander where she's probably killing more than he is. Yeah. I don't think there's a single
4: bad performance in this movie. No. Yeah. yeah I would I mean, agree with that. Nuts cast single, really
0: well. Yeah.
1: I love the creepy, crazy mother of D. Wallace. Oh yeah, like she she looks like she looks crazy, like Eartha Kitt, and uh, scared stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I thought
0: she looked like Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah. And, and you get her hair was definitely like. You get Carrie that. vibes from her and the mother
4: too. Yeah. When they first introduce you, and I think that might be intentional to give you
2: those vibes to where you automatically start to kind of side with, with D. Wallace. D. Wallace's character. Yeah, I feel like you can see uh, Peter Jackson starting to have a little clout. And bringing in all his fandom, like you can tell, a lot of this was cast based on things he liked. Like, there's no way he didn't
0: bring Jeffrey Combs in because he loves ReAnimator. Yeah, yeah, that's why he's in that movie. Yeah, for sure. I feel like uh, Dee Wallace was a good choice for for that character. Just for uh, I think other actresses, you would have from the beginning been like, oh, she's she's in on this. Whoever
4: decided on
0: Jeffrey Combs' haircut, I I think deserves all of
4: the
3: credit in the world. It's because a lady who read. What's his name? Milton. Okay, <laughs> I got this. Yeah,
2: and I, I I may be wrong on this. He may have done more movies after, but in my mind, this is what I think. Along with my youth of Michael J. Fox before things got a little bit
0: rough for him. If it was ninety six, yeah, I, it has to be. I don't think we were. I far think off. he kind of retired after. Frighteners, because because not only that, but they they shot in New Zealand. I, yeah, I just want to cover
2: my ground so like people don't. Roast me on the internet That he made like Three movies after this And I'm <laughs> stupid uh, But in my mind was this I, When did he place? make Doc Hollywood yeah. right? Allegedly <laughs> That was that. 92 Yeah so it's like in, I think of this In a youthful you, you way Are you trying to shit On I,
3: Doc Hollywood I, think, I love They'll fight, Hollywood. fight you right now I, I love, love, that. That. I, love I think group.
0: he did I think he solely <laughs> Did TV after this Except for Stuart Little Which is just his voice mm. You're Stuart Little look We're what I can do too I
1: think I should move around the table you guys just want to go show. hell yeah um, that's the other thing I was going to say about D. Wallace is that you know watching this and not you know not really knowing who D. Wallace was when I was a teenager and then watching so many D. Wallace movies later and then revisiting this and I was like that was D. Wallace this whole time <laughs> like, you know, like wow yeah that's pretty cool. I
3: had a crazy moment with uh, a resident in a nursing home. Uh, she was a little out of it, but she would always say, I taught Michael J. Fox how to dance. And I was like, okay, sure, sure you did. Just go about my day. And she told me that every single time. And then uh, one day she had some like stuff laid out on her table and she had a picture of her with Michael J. Fox that he had signed Thank you for teaching me to dance. Oh, Michael J. Fox. Awesome. It was cool. crazy. Did
0: she come up with the cool moves from Teen Wolf? I don't think I,
3: I don't know what it was for. I didn't get to ask her. She passed away, but it, it's like sorry I brought it down. But.
0: He he danced in Teen Wolf and then he did that weird little moonwalk when they were shooting at him in Back to the Future 3. <laughs> she taught him how to surf on yeah, the Yeah, so I don't I don't know if it was for a movie, it was just like a That's cherry what thing, it was. but I she she did the surfing on the. She used to surf on a van, and she taught him. She, that was really big in the '80s. Kids were like, "Let's let's van surf." Never, I never did that. I wanted to after I
4: watched Team Wolf. Way to go, movies. <laughs> <laughs> did
0: you watch Team Wolf or Team Wolf?
3: You didn't want to play basketball, but you wanted to dance, her?
4: Oh, oh, I love the. That's the only reason I ever played basketball as a kid because the Teen Wolf. And also is like, Michael J. Fox is 5'4". I can <laughs> play ball.
1: I picture nice. you as a little Terminator playing basketball. <laughs> My platform <horse> shoes dribbling. <laughs> With us Terminator 2 masks. And, uh, <laughs>
0: And afterwards, your mom would pick you up with the safe word. Hey, you guys just want to jump straight into Team Wolf? Keep this going. <laughs> Let's roll. Let's talk about Halloween traditions. <laughs>
1: all right. Well, any more to say about The Frighteners? Watch it. If you haven't yeah. seen it, watch it.
3: Yeah. Yes. It's watch really.
1: It, I know we all love The Burbs, but it's really interesting how the conversation came alive differently for The Frighteners because it is such a complex film that there's no easy way to describe it right. or what's going on. Yeah. And so. Can't recommend it enough. So, all right, wrapping up another edition of Mass Master Monster Midwest are you <laughs> Birthday Song, Sir uh, McRib Theater uh, <laughs> Monsterpiece theater. we we'll an ambulance once we closes. Which, which one? Which one y'all I smell cocktail.
3: Can you stick your tongue
1: out? He's good. I'm one of your hosts, Grizzly Andrew, and
2: I've been joined by the concerned Professor Wagstaff and Miss Vinnie.
3: Hot oh, Tati. Jason the McRib McCullough.
1: Stay
2: <laughs> scary. Satan is a power.